Hello everyone and welcome to this video of Disney Co. In The Know. I am Bruce Beal, owner of 407 and Beyond Vacation Company. And before I introduce today's guest, I want to say that Disney Co. In The Know is sponsored by 407 and Beyond Vacation Company, Disney and Universal Experts to help plan your perfect family vacation. So all you have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. All right, I am really excited about today's guest on the show. She is a good friend of mine and fellow Disney enthusiast, Valerie Inslee. Val, how are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. And I have to say, uh, before we get going, that I owe you an apology. It has, been, it has taken too long to get you on one of these videos or on the show. So I am glad we finally made it happen. Well, I, you know, during the pandemic, it's nice to have something to do, I guess. <laughs> so um, before we, you know, st we're just going to sit back, chill, talk Disney um, and anything else that comes up. So, um, but before we do, tell, tell me about your Disney background or history. When did you first go to the parks? How did you fall in love with Disney? Okay. Tell me your, your Disney love story, essentially. <laughs> My Disney love story. Okay. So um, I grew up obsessed with Disney as a kid in Ohio. Um, I was one of those kids that fell asleep to the Disney Channel for nap time. I watched Gummy Bears. My first favorite movie was Pete's Dragon. Like, I started off as like a childhood obsessed with Disney, but my parents never took me to the parks. Okay. So it wasn't until after they passed and I was actually like 30 years old was my first trip to the Disney parks. And it was a... It was insane. I have I did not realize that it could get better than just like <laughs> loving Pixar movies and watching Disney at home and then going to Disney and seeing it in the flesh was incredible. And then so I spent five days in the park on my initial trip. We went to every single park, we did more than I could have imagined. And then within two months I bought my first annual pass. And so I've been <laughs> a pass holder ever since. <laughs> That's how it happens, you know? It does. It sucks you in. <laughs> And, and I love, I love the different stories about people, you know, going to Disney World. So some, some people grow up going to Disney as kids and some kind of acquire it as adults. And I think that when you don't go as a kid and you go for your first time as an adult, you have a different appreciation of the parks than when you grew up in them. A hundred percent. And it really is one of those things where I completely, I think as an adult, you fall in love with a part of it, like nothing else exists. The outside world doesn't exist. Bills don't exist. There isn't you know, anything, there's no politics, there's nothing that exists that bothers you. It's just you're focused on, I have a parade at three o'clock, I have a Mickey Mouse meet and greet at five, and like, I have to get on Splash Mountain. And that's it. And it's right. all that matters. And it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to disconnect as an adult in that way. Yeah, absolutely. When the, when one of the biggest decisions of the day is, am I getting that Mickey pretzel? Or am I getting the door? Or in my case, am I getting both? When that's the biggest decision of the day, um, it's just a, it, it's just a wonderful escape. And um, you know, when you go as kids, so I only went, um, once as a kid, um, and, and I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And I remember when my parents told me they got it for us for Christmas and that we were going, um, I was so excited that I, I used all of the, uh, the pamphlets about all the parks and I wrote out an itinerary even at like 10, 11 years. Oh my old. goodness. Um, I, I've been doing this far too long. Um, for but, sure. But I didn't really grow to appreciate the parks for what they were and the escapism that they provide until I was an adult. Um, and, and Elizabeth was working there, and I would go down there frequently. Um, and, and I really grew to appreciate the attractions and stuff like that. So, so you you're you are in Savannah. So how far of a drive is it from Savannah? It's to, four and a half hours. Okay, so very close. You know, driving distance. Let me ask. 
how, how, what is the minimum amount of time that you would spend in Walt Disney World um, and still make that trip? So in other words, if you're going to drive down to Disney, how, how many days or how many hours in the parks is worth it for you to drive, you know, nine hours total trip? I got you. Um, I would say it's, it's, it depends. I'd like to have at least two days in the park. If I'm going to drive down, then I'd like at least a, like a two full days in the park and then be able to drive back. Um, I have driven down and only done like a day in the park. Like I did a special pass holder event, which was only one night. Um, it was actually a year ago today, yesterday, uh, but it was incredible. And it was well, it was really well worth it, but I only went down for that, for that event as like particularly because it was ticketed and like you had to do a reservation and all that stuff. So right. um, ideally two days, but I have done just a day in the park and then driven <laughs> back. Sometimes uh, I, you're really jonesing for magic. You like really, like really got to get down there. <laughs> exactly. You, you leave early in the morning, uh, leave late at night. Yeah. I would say, you know, for those of us who, who don't live as close uh, like myself, four and a half hour drive from the parks um, seems like a dream, you know, for, for us, it's a, a two hour, 20 minute flight. Uh, from Columbus, Ohio. So, um, right. But yeah, I, I figure for you, um, as obsessed you with you are at the parks, that you know it would only take a day or two uh, for it to be worth it. So it was literally every hour of vacation time I used last calendar year was spent at Disney. <laughs> I went nowhere else. Which is, so just so my mom was like, so what are you doing this trip? And you're like, well, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me guess, you're going back to Disney. Um, so how how many years have you been an annual pass holder? This is year three. Okay. Only year three. Only year three. And uh, only year three. It, and do you feel that you get your money out of it? Because you know the prices have gone up recently, but um, you know, given the amount of days have, that you go, yeah, I think you have to weigh that out for yourself. Like, what what do you think is is worth it? If you do like my count, my things I really to be I think at like $50 a trip and then once I hit that anything after that was awesome so like the first year as a pass holder I spent 47 days in the park so then <laughs> it brought it down to like $22 a trip oh my goodness so for me I mean that was I mean think about that imagine like the mental image of like every time you walked in the park you handed them 20 bucks and that was it and you're like right like I felt like I won and I think it's um you know, it's all about how much you do, but like for people who live further away, if you go only like three times that you go, let's say four or five days at a time, it pays for itself. It does. So yeah. it's all about like what it equals out for your family and like you personally, because right. once you get there, you don't have to spend money. I don't buy a lot of food in the parks. I'm notorious for not spending money at food in the parks, like, or like doing X amount. I only brought 50 bucks with me to do it um, for food. So I think it's all about what balances best for you and what makes it worth it for you. So for me, it was like any more than 20 days in the park for the year. I was good with redoing the pass. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And, and, and Val, we have traveled together and I can vouch for uh, not spending a lot of money in the parks, but your, your run crutch is definitely spirit jerseys, right? A hundred percent. Actually one should be arriving via UPS any moment now. <laughs> Which one did you get recently? Um, I got the Disneyland tropical Okay. One um, with the has pineapples. Pineapples are a crutch down here. They're all over my. They're decorated my entire apartment. So when I saw a pineapple on a spirit jersey, I said, "I think I need that one." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, actually, speaking of Disneyland and uh, Disneyland being on my uh, Starbucks mug here this afternoon, mm -hmm. have you been to Disneyland? And if not, I have not plan? been to Disneyland. Okay, and are Which, there 
hopes or plans of going? There are actually, there are plans hopefully in the next three years to go to every single Disney park in the world. That would be terrific. Yes, it would be terrific. If I could tell you how many times I've watched ride videos from um, Disneyland Shanghai, it's embarrassing. Yeah, Pirates so, of the Caribbean out there. Oh my gosh, I want to do it so bad. It looks so I amazing. I don't know how they even do it. <laughs> I know, I know. And one, one attraction that is only abroad, uh, but that will be opening up in Epcot this year is uh, Ratatouille, Remy's Adventure. Right, which I have been on. I have been to Disneyland Paris, so I've already ridden okay. the Ratatouille ride. Good. So what can you tell us about Remy's Adventure for those of us who have not been to Paris yet? Um, it is... Oh my gosh, it's really not like any, I guess the closest ride it's close to would be the new Rise of the Resistance ride because it's a trackless sort of ride and thing happen around you, but you're shrunk to the size of a rat and you sort of go through the kitchen as Remy would. So everything is on that, like the scale is very large, everything's very tall, everything's very much built upwards and it does a thing with screens and sort of like props. So like you'll go into the the fridge and there's a scene that's happening in the animation things are moving but then also there's like probably like a 15 foot long like salami hanging an actual grape so then it all looks like it's very immersive it happened really quickly and for those of you who don't have never met me before ratatouille is my ultimate favorite movie <laughs> yes, so when i was in paris i was losing my mind so i spent half the ride crying so i'm not 100 percent sure i remember all <laughs> that's too funny so i'll say Just two out things. of joy one, I have spent time in Paris, but have never found myself up to, to Disneyland Paris. Uh, but funny. next time, next time I do plan on it. Um, the second you have thing to go, is, it's very different. It feels very yeah. different. Okay, that is what I've heard. And I have seen photos and video footage of the facade and the queue for Remy's Adventure. And I'm a sucker for in immersive environments. Um, and they have the big Gusto's uh, sign up top. I don't know. Um, where they are in the progress of the construction at Epcot, but I, I really can't wait to see how they fit it into the France Pavilion. I agree. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. I think they're just gonna make it even better. My, I secretly hope they bring the fountain over that they have. Like when you oh. walk into Paris, it's like an entire little like. There's a bistro, and it's like Chez Remy, and then it's the ride, and then the ride queue is all like those gustos, like chicken fingers, all the stuff that Chef Skinner did, like all the hot chicken and all of that stuff, like the frozen meals, those are all advertised as you go through the queue. And then you're like in a rooftop in Paris. Like it's really pretty, but they have a fountain outside that's like little Remy's and like little cheese and wine bottles. It's actually really, really pretty. And so I hope they find maybe a miniature version of that somewhere in Paris would be really fun. That, that, that sounds amazing. I was re-watching the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. Have you, have you seen that the yet? The series they put on Disney Plus. I agree. It's they so do good. talk about Remy's Adventure and the Ratatouille experience at Disneyland Paris. And they said that, and they showed a little bit of footage, that you exit the ride through a French bistro and a restaurant. Do you, mm -hmm. recall, do you recall that? Because I was trying, yes, to, when you trying to imagine that what that's like. So when you step off of the ride, imagine like just like probably 12 feet of just windows, floor to ceiling windows. And like that is the restaurant. Okay. So okay. when you, when you exit like walking down the, the, the windows, seeing into the restaurant and then you could go right into the restaurant or left outside. Okay. So, okay. and then the restaurant's incredible because again, it's all built to scale for Remy. So you're sitting on like 
uh, toothpaste caps and little like cocktail umbrellas are like the awnings of your table. It's incredible. That, that sounds great. I, I really can't wait for that to open up at Epcot. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. What, uh, let me ask, what's your favorite resort right now down at Disney world? Favorite resort. I probably, probably Coronado Springs. It's okay. one I have the most experience with. I think it's, um, uh, it felt, it feels really adult in mm -hmm. Disney. Like there's Disney in it for sure, but it feels like, um, just really classy and timeless. They've done a lot of updates to it and it's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful resort. So, so part of your choosing of uh, Coronado Springs, is that due to the new Grandestino tower? Uh, yes. We wanted to get drinks. Um, yeah, we didn't get, we didn't get to stay in the tower, but we did get to like do the rooftop bar and then the bar that they have now that's in the new lobby, which is incredible. Um, yeah. And they have that new lounge outside. It's also nice. Yeah, like they've done so much there. I agree. And you know, that, that resort sometimes gets a bad rap because it's a convention resort. And so families sometimes um, don't want to stay there because it kind of has that convention feel. But I tell clients all the time that if you don't want to be wrapped up in that convention feel, like, I don't feel like you have to, because now with Grandestino tower, check-in is all in that tower. And the other building is, um, hosts all of the, the conventions and the meetings and stuff. And so, and that resort is so big that, um, you know, I, I tell guests, you don't really have to worry about that a whole lot when staying at Coronado Springs. Well, you're also, cause you're like on the other side of the convention, like everything's taking place on the other side. So yeah. if you're not walking through those double doors next to the food court, then you're not anywhere near where the convention is. The rest of it is just, you know, gift shop, places to stay, places to eat you know, your rooms, the right. pool, all of that's on the other side. Right. And, and to your point though, it really does kind of feel a little bit more adultish. Um, I think that's probably just, you know, part of it's the, the lack of just in your face, Disney aesthetic. You're not going to see a bunch of Mickey ears and you're not going to see, you know, uh, characters walking around stuff like that. Um, but it's like nice, subtle Disney touches at Coronado Springs. I agree. Like a lot of that art in the tower is beautiful and you wouldn't know. And there's like a little Mickey in the corner of it. And yeah. you're like, oh, that's really, that's really cool. They've done a really good job with that resort for it feeling. And it feels almost, I would say, more expensive than what you're paying for. Like it's only a moderate yeah. resort, but it feels so fancy. Yeah. Especially all that lighting that they've done and all those lanterns hanging in the entrance. Like it is really beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, so what about, let's move, let's talk about attractions or, or, or dining experiences. So is there anything in particular that you are anticipating opening in 2020, 2021? A lot of changes are coming to Epcot. We have the Tron light cycle coming to Tomorrowland. Is there anything though in particular that you are looking forward to? Of course, the Ratatouille ride. Like I would love yeah. to ride it again and maybe not be having an emotional breakdown through it would probably be the best part about remembering <laughs> it would probably be a little bit better. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Like, I'm also just looking forward to like, hopefully I'm, I'm hoping Remy steps more into the limelight in Disney, just in Epcot. I mean, he's definitely featured through food and wine, but I would love there to be like a meet and greet. Like I'm hoping since they're putting a ride in about him, maybe they'll realize how popular he is. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm looking forward to almost everything that's happening at Epcot, like the Moana exhibit and bringing the water in, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster at the front. Like I'm looking forward to how 
Epcot is sort of finally getting a long-awaited facelift. Not that we don't yeah. love it the way it is, but it's really getting some attractions in there and really not focusing so much on the World Showcase, which is amazing. Um, but I do think the rest of the park does need that facelift. I know people were really upset about it, like, but you it, know, it all can't stay the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. There's something about like the Innovations Plaza and that area right there in the middle of the park that feels like wasted space. So I, I look forward to them filling that with things that people can do. So absolutely, absolutely. Because after you get past like Spaceship Earth and like Soarin', there's not a ton to keep you on that side of the park. You like, you know, you hit the World Showcase and that's it. Exactly. So it would be nice to just, you know, and there's just so many more movies to integrate now. Like think yeah. about like the last thing they put in there. Like they did a little snippet of Frozen in Norway because they could, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so while we're in Epcot, give me your favorite World Showcase Pavilion and your favorite attraction. Favorite World Showcase Pavilion. Oh my God. Is food a factor or not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, take so, the whole thing. Okay. Italy. Done. Okay. <laughs> Italy. Via Napoli is the greatest restaurant in all of Disney. If you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> In the summer, they have the walk-up window. You can get a walk-up beer and a walk-up slice of pizza. It tastes just like the pizza in Rome. I can't say enough about it. Again, via Napoli, Italy. Delightful. <laughs> um, plus, the bridge there is really pretty for photos. I've got some really mm -hmm. good photos there. Um, That's a really good point, yeah. Yeah, like, it's really pretty. Like, um, And sometimes they have – you'll get lucky. Sometimes you'll get a uh, photographer up there. Yeah. A lot of times you have to do your own, but we've gotten really, like, I've had, like, two different photo shoots up there that are actually very pretty. Because um, they'll shoot it with the tower in the back, and then they'll shoot you with the water as well. Um, <laughs> so, Italy for that reason. And then, attraction-wise, you know, I went to the France, the did in the France Pavilion, and that's actually very fun. That was something completely okay. new. And they sort of like reinvented the story of the beast and added LeFou as this like more titular character and gave him some extra lines. It's also narrated by Angela Lansbury, which bonus points. Perfect. <laughs> um, but that was actually really fun. Like it was a fun, it was something fresh, like something I did not expect. I thought I'd just go in there and sing along the songs. And then they had like a whole different story to tell. And also, I mean, Angela Lansbury. And then you, uh, yeah, you, you went in expecting a sing along, but before you know it, you're up on stage directing everybody and it was a whole, it was a whole thing, right? <laughs> that's, yes, that's exactly what I did. I, I cut <laughs> the audio of Angela Lansbury and replaced myself. So um, look forward to that coming this fall. <laughs> yeah, by no means is Disney come to know um, encouraging anybody to do that. So I just, I, I, got, I, got, I got to put that out there. Um, sure, sure, absolutely. It, it's funny that you went in that direction because. I'm in a similar direction when it comes to my favorite attraction at Epcot. I'm a huge fan of Soren, but unfortunately for me, Soren loses points a little bit. If you sit on the, on section A or C and you're not in B in the middle, everything is so curved. The Eiffel Tower is warped and, and it kind of loses that magical feeling of flying through those places because you end up just laughing, you know, like you're going through the African safari or you see an elephant and if you're sitting on, on the end, the elephant looks like he's lying over and, you know, um, but Soren, Soren to me is um, one of those great innovative original attractions. Um, that's not after any IP, but like I enjoy no other ride at Epcot. Like I do living with the land. 
Uh, there's something about living with the land that's so relaxing. I love being in the greenhouses, seeing all the different plants. And I have to say, of all the you, you and I um, and our and our friends were there over Christmas. I have to say, I was so tickled with the Christmas overlay on living with the land. I would say too. I think it was one of the best overlays they have, and it's so yeah. simple, and it was so cute. Also, it's a it's zucchini with a purple spotlight on it, and you know, like it. it it, there's Christmas lights, you know, showing these plants. It, it's it, it it's so simple but so good. Also, it's the best place to find hidden Mickey's. Like that's something that I sure. find so entertaining. I feel like I find a new one every single time I'm on that ride. And I'm like, are they building hidden Mickey's? Are they like making <laughs> fruit look like hidden Mickey's? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, and I love I love the ending. Uh, the the music picks up a little bit. Kind of has like a. Uh, drums in the background and then you pass and there's like the blueberry girl and the coffee person and the rice person um I just love that ending yeah so. it's a, actually it's a very it's a very interesting ride and it's a great escape from when it's really hot out and you're like I just yeah. need like 10 minutes can we just take right. 10 minutes so yeah. and the greenhouses are neat they really do a lot like um plus I don't know if they give you do they give you the facts on the ride about how it, it helps animal kingdom and animal kingdom helps them um, like they, the riding the they do mention about providing food to the park, but I think they're, they're broad about it. Yeah. But so sp speaking of that, we talked about, um, Epcot. What, if you could only visit one park, so you're going down for one day, you're driving from Savannah. Um, where, what, which park are you choosing and why? Bruce, I feel like, you know, this answer. <laughs> I feel what like, I feel, I feel like, you know, it's animal kingdom, okay, which go, is a shocker go. to, to people that are not Disneyers, yes. I think Animal Kingdom gets a bad rap, but I will tell you why. Good. Um, it's my favorite. First of all, it's the most shaded, so I sometimes feel like it's the coolest park on the hottest day because it has the most foliage. Um, two, it has the best shows out of all of the parks put together. The caliber of show at Animal Kingdom is incredible. From the Festival of the Lion King, which is beautiful with live performers, to the Finding Nemo musical, which is the greatest thing that I've ever made. <laughs> and it's like Broadway caliber props, costuming, and performers. It has never been bad. I've seen it probably 30 times. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's amazing. It's the greatest thing in all the parks. Again, you guys can quote me. It's the best thing. <laughs> be in Napoli and Finding Nemo. Um, and then tough to be a bug is still fun. Okay. I'm glad you're given that given it's tough to be a bug some love. I, I love that. It, I don't miss it. So I honestly, every time I go, I make sure I go. It's quick. It's funny. You know, it's nice to listen to other people scream. Cause like, you don't understand <laughs> the cockroaches moving until and then you're like, it's too late. I'm here. So, um, <laughs> that was also a fun show. And then, um, you know, you've got expedition Everest, which is an incredible ride. You've got avatar. Um, the Flight of Passage ride is incredible. Dinosaur, which is amazing. Like, that's a not miss. The Safari with real animals. I mean, I could go on and on. Pizza Safari, delicious food. <laughs> the barbecue, delicious. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good park. And it has so many characters just roaming around. Yes, especially like, like Doug and Russell. dancing. Yeah. Like, you're just like, this is incredible. I love that park. I think that park is so well done and so underrated people are like oh i want to go to magic kingdom i'm like have you thought about animal kingdom <laughs> so, the only thing they lack is the night show i don't think i think it's the weakest of the night shows but you know get in line for flight of passage you don't really need right. to see you know 
you can hang out in Pandora and get the same sense of night show just with all the, the bioluminescent lights and the, which is amazing. And you ever wonder how often they repaint that? I've always wondered that. Like, do yeah. they go back through every six months? Cause some like, yeah, that has to wear of light. I have no idea. It is really breathtaking at night. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, uh, I, I actually agree with you. Animal kingdom would be my one park as well. Um, I love the attractions. I actually think it's top three or four attractions compared to any other parks, three or four attractions. Um, if you pit it up, you know, Magic Kingdom's top attractions and Hollywood Studios top attractions, I think Animal Kingdom, they rank up there, um, just as equally. Um, and, and you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm not going to go to Animal Kingdom because it's a zoo. And I think for all the reasons that you, that you said, it's not a zoo. Um, it, you know, it's based on wildlife, whether that be plants or animals. Um, and there are attractions with animals in it. And I would say Kilimanjaro Safaris is one of my favorite attractions on property. Um, and, and where else do you get an attraction that you ride that it's not the same every time that you go on it? Uh, the animals are different. They're moving around. Sometimes they're up on the truck, not on the truck. Sometimes they're near the truck. Sometimes, uh, they're far away running around. Um, so I, I, I do think that animal kingdom, um, sometimes it gets labeled as a zoo and in reality, um, it, it's not, it's not. And well, I also think they do way more for the animals than normal zoos do. Like there are like, what zoo have you been to where animals are literally free roaming? Mm -hmm. Like I've never been to a zoo that has free roaming animals that aren't like, I can't see where the safari ends. Like, right. And I think that's, that's a, you know, a good point. It's a good, it's a good you know, like indicator that those animals are taken care of. And there's also like, I don't know if you've done any of the backstage stuff that they have offered the extras. I did, I'm obsessed with elephants. So I did caring for giants oh. and we went backstage and got to like see the elephants up close and like learn about their habitats and like learn these little things about them. And they had a woman from Africa who's very familiar living with elephants as she grew up. And had a lot of things to say about them. And then the caretakers came over and it was just very, very cool to be not that far from them and like kind of learn what they, um, what they do just for the elephants. And if I was that comfortable learning about the elephants and how well they're taken care of, I can only imagine that all the other animals are taken care of equally as well. Right. That, that's a good point. So in terms of park icons, the Epcot ball, you know, Cinderella castle, I guess Tower of Terror or the the Chinese theater at no thanks. and the Tree of Life at the Animal Kingdom. Rank those for me. Where where does the Tree of Life rank? Oh man, honestly, probably three. So my top would be Cinderella's Castle, of course, just because it's iconic. It takes your breath away at the you round that corner to Main Street, and there is nothing more beautiful than when you catch sight of Cinderella's Castle, and it's, I don't, I could cry every time. I honestly could. I think it's, it makes me so happy. And then the Epcot ball is such an icon. Like it is the Michael Jackson of park icons. Like it is so interesting and neat. Like Spaceship Earth is such a cool thing anyway, but like that thing at night is gorgeous. Those purples and oranges. I have the same picture probably 15 times of that ball, right? right. As you with the with the um with the palm tree in the front of it so <laughs> only because those two are so good is why the tree of life gets three and uh, tower of terror is terrifying so it gets no it gets yeah. <laughs> it's not even ranked 
That's too funny. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's really hard to disagree with those rankings. Although I think um, in terms of how long that I can like look at one of those or the feelings I get, the tree of life, I could stand around it. And when you like walk down to those trails and look up at it and identify all the animals that are carved into the, into the tree. Um, I, I don't know if that, that ranks above Cinderella castle for me or not, but Cinderella yeah. castle is kind of iconic for all of the parks and resorts. And so it kind of right. is that over encompassing park icon. So um, I mean, the tree of life is incredible. Like if you really sit and just like try to go around it, even when you're going through the queue of tough to be a bug, like, I don't think I've spotted, I think I've spotted something new every single time I've gone. Right. Um, and just like the craftsmanship of them really putting in there and those light shows that they do at night where like they make the tree come to life. So neat. I think I've only caught like two of those, but they are so neat. They put so much life into that tree. It's, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. I just, you know, the other two are just not higher ranking for pure reasons of photos i don't know it makes sense no 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 and, and well, that's, well, me. I <laughs> it, no it's tough to disagree with those rankings I, I i would agree with you so let me ask a, a fun question although it might be difficult if you were going to remove one attraction from any of the parks which one would you remove val has the power to just say no more of attraction x what is it no more attraction x oh gosh that is hard um probably tower of terror <laughs> oh no oh man you're gonna everyone's gonna be up in arms about that one <laughs> okay let me just tell you all something i hate dropping from the sky it makes me very <laughs> uncomfortable it's my least favorite thing in the universe they made it a, a ride that is just dropping from the sky there's no other fun element of it except plummeting to your death <laughs> seven to nine times so for me, that one, if it didn't exist, I would not care. Okay. I realized that other people would really care, but I wouldn't. But <laughs> see ya. The, uh, the attraction, actually, that I, I would want to get rid of is actually in Animal Kingdom. And it's over in Dino Land. And the name escapes me. I want to say it's Countdown to Extinction. Um, the one where you're spinning and you're just going back and forth. And then and you're just you're just spinning. And I wrote that once and once was enough for me um i don't think i know that ride it's not it the roller coastery one right the yes yes that's what i'm yeah oh that one was horrifying i was yeah. actually legitimately frightened in that one yeah because you feel so like you're gonna sick. like go off the tracks yeah and it just like jerks you around and you're bouncing back and forth that that to me that attraction could go they could put something back what, um, is, what is that called that's gonna bother me now. i know i know same here um, um Oh God, it's not like, it's like T, I don't know. Primeval World. Primeval World, thank you, thank you. Ah. Countdown to Extinction, I think, was the name of the old dinosaur attraction. I was like, I don't know what Countdown to Extinction is. Yeah, I think that's- also a fun fact for you? I did not know yeah. this until very, so Dinosaur is one of, if I'm gonna fast pass it, I'm gonna fast pass Dinosaur, Expedition Everest, and Kilimanjaro Safari, and I go across the top of the park. Um, it wasn't in probably until, oh, I don't know, day 40 of this year of being in the parks. And, um, our mutual friend texted me and asked me if I'd ever seen the movie attached to the dinosaur ride. And my question was, there's a movie. <laughs> yeah. What, what I had, I had no idea that dinosaur was a movie that this ride is based on. Yeah. You Currently know what? streaming on Disney plus had no idea it existed. Called dinosaur. Called dinosaur. Well, I'm going to, after this show, I'm going to go check out Disney Plus. 
I'm gonna have you never seen it, it either? Did you not know? I didn't. I, I have not seen that. I haven't seen it either. I just I didn't know it existed. If I'm being really honest, like oh Val, have you seen it yet? No. Okay. How how great would it be if that in that movie they have a couple of quotes like "Let's go get that dino" or um, "You made it." I knew you would. That, like from the attraction, if those were in the movie, I would uh, freak out about that. I would be dead. I would be. I could recite that ride. I've ridden the dinosaur <laughs> ride so many times. I literally know the entire. Time I've ridden it, and I was like, "What?" You all right? Let's give the uh, the video a second to catch up. Uh, your your audio and um, visuals are are out. Can you still hear me, Val? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, we may have lost Val. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Okay. All right. Your your video had uh, had paused there for for a good while. Uh, but anyways, we'll we'll continue to talk. And whatever Good. image whatever image sticks on the screen, we're gonna go with. So, um, oh, speak because <laughs> you know, any time a video freezes, it's always in a flattering pose, right? Why can't why can't it freeze when we're smiling? It always feels like it captures us with our eyes oh, closed or looking away or whatever. But speaking of Disney, <laughs> speaking of disney plus what uh what do you watch on disney plus now um br chef is my current love affair i don't know if you guys have seen that it's a competitive cooking show with families and they have to make a dish based on a character or an attraction um cool. i'm a big foodie i love to cook so it's really fun. It's really, really fun to watch the kids and the families go into the parks and they like meet Bayamax and they got to make a dessert based on Bayamax. And um, just like what they, and they really let the kids kind of take the lead. What they come up with is really fun. So not to mention when you win, you get a pin of the character that Ooh. you made the dish after. So come on. Yeah, you'd definitely be into that. I was like, that's, but yes, I'm watching a lot of that. Yeah, I'm watching a lot of that's a new episode every Friday I think and then um I'm just catching up on the old movies that I loved and didn't and haven't seen in a while so one of the first ones I watched was Pete's Dragon my parents first date was to see Pete's Dragon at the drive-in nice. so uh that movie is near and dear to me and I love it so one of the very first things and then I just sort of like started watching through the old catalog right just things you haven't seen in a while you're like oh I want to watch that so yeah absolutely um, let me see if I can do anything here to fix our, our lag here. All right. Um, so I, I have been watching, re-watching the Disney Imagineering um, series. And I don't know if you heard, but Rise of Skywalker will be released on May 4th on Disney+. Plus. So I'm definitely going to check that out again. Yay. Yeah, you, you're, you're not into that, huh? <laughs> No, but I heard there's a documentary about the Mandalorian as well yes. being released on May 4th. So that was yeah. pretty interesting. So did you watch the Mandalorian? No, sir. I've never seen a single Disney thing or a single, sorry, not Disney, the uh, Star Wars thing in my life. <laughs> I haven't a clue. Okay. Well, l let me ask you this and we'll make this uh, our, our last question here. Okay. Having, having not seen a Star Wars movie, Tell me about your experience and your perception of Rise of the Resistance. So we wrote this together just this last year. Um, mm -hmm. But, 
you know, I, I've a seen rather a memorable ride. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell no. me, tell me your thoughts on the ride, even though you have not seen any of the movies. Um, well, it's technology unlike anything you've seen before. It's like they take all the best elements that they could possibly make up and sort of throw them together in a ride. Um, I think all of Star Wars, like, but to all of it's very fascinating, even from someone who's never seen it. So for the Rise of the Resistance, I don't really know what the characters are. All I know is like, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys, but it's so immersive that yeah. you kind of are just lost in it. Like, it, I mean, being taken somewhere and being interrogated and going through this whole thing, is just so intense. Like, um, it's done really, really well. Like, as someone who could not care about Star Wars at all, they they did an incredible job with this ride. And it's, I think it's more exciting for me to be on rides on that ride with people who really love Star Wars to see how excited they are. Yeah. So it's, I'm always with somebody who is at like a 15, like very excited to do this. And I'm always like, yeah, this is fun. Who's he? <laughs> so, um, but they do a great job. I think everything over there in Star Wars, like in Batu, is incredible. It's just a really immersive, amazing experience they've done. And for people like for fans of the show, they've really, it kind of feels like a love letter to somebody who's loved something for a really long time in their life. And then they get to go to this and like, they get to see the Millennium Falcon and they get to stand in front of it and they get to drive it. And it's, you know, they've done a really, really good job. And if I can be entertained and I've never seen a single one and don't know any of the plot lines or the characters or the wings or like whatever the boats are called or planes, I don't know. <laughs> um, then you too can be, you know what I mean? Like anybody can enjoy it. If I can take right. from it and have a good time and go experience it, then that means that they did a great job because it's not, I'm not their audience. Right. That makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, uh, it is so immersive and you become part of the action that even when you are transferring ride vehicles, um, do you recall my pants got caught on part of the attraction and it ripped a hole all down the backside of my shorts? Yeah, that was pretty yeah. much the funniest thing that's ever <laughs> happened on a Disney ride today. <laughs> it was the first time ever on Rise of the Resistance and we're going through the, the scenes and they're moving us and it's like, hurry, hurry. So, you know, you get out of the ride vehicle and, and, and you go into the next room and I just felt like a little bit of a tug and I thought, what the heck was that, you know? Uh, someone just pulled me back, but no, my pants got caught like on a doorway and uh, ripped them right there in Rise of the Resistance. So. Yep, you slid into that escape bot just <laughs> saying, my pants are just split in the back. <laughs> but you know what? It was the first time in Rise of the Resistance. Nothing could ruin that experience. No, nothing could. We all forgot about your pants until we got off the ride. For the next 10 minutes, your pants did not matter. Even even if the experience is a bit breezy, so yeah, there uh, was <laughs> a lot of ventilation in that ride. So uh, so Val, um, on the on the note of split pants, um, I think we'll we'll wrap up this video. Uh, thanks a lot for joining. Um, oh, thanks for having me. This was fun. Who doesn't I'm, love talking Disney through an afternoon? Exactly, and and um, we have to have you back. Um, you're, you're absolutely a joy to talk with uh, and so fun when it comes to Disney and you're so passionate that um, you have to be back on the show soon. Sounds good. Anything um, Epcot and or food related, I am there. <laughs> Sounds good. So I will remind um, listeners and, and viewers of the show to subscribe to our channel, follow us on Facebook at 407 and Beyond Vacation Company, and join in on the discussion on our Facebook group, Disney Co. in the Know. So until next time, guys, stay safe. And I'll see you on the next episode. All right. Bye, Val. Bye.